are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Ready? Go, go, we go. are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. <laughs> You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Hey everyone, welcome to Right On Radio. Happy Sunday to you. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for being here. I just want to open in prayer, then I'm going to play a worship song to you. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us together once again on a Sunday morning. Father God, I so appreciate that you left your word for us and that your word is alive, Father God. There is no doubt that the words in the Bible are the living word of God. And Father, I thank you and I praise you for your word, for your instruction. Lord, you did not leave us unprepared. And Lord, even as you gave up your body for our sins, you did not leave us abandoned. You sent your Holy Spirit to be in us. So Father God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your plan for each of our lives. And Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit uh, will be the one that translates your word today, Lord I give Holy Spirit permission to speak through me at this time. And Lord, if anything comes out of my flesh that is not of you, I pray it falls off of the ears of those who are here. May you bless everyone in our community. Father, strengthen them. Strengthen the leadership uh, people in our community as well. Lord, I pray for their health, for your provision in all areas of their life and an increase in faith in the risen one, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May we use this word to glorify your name today, Jesus. I give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, everyone. Well, listen, I found a song today uh, that I've never heard before, but I think it's just right for the message that God is going to give to us today. So without further ado, this is called uh, Jesus Take Me As I Am. Jesus take me as I am can come no other way Take me deeper into you Make my flesh life melt away Make me like a precious stone Just don't care and finally home Life of Jesus shining through Giving glory back to you 
words what a beautiful song yes he is the potter and we are the clay none of us are perfect but we will be someday amen you know god's promises are faithful and true and he will fulfill his promise to each one of you and man, I pray that he comes back in my lifetime. No matter what, I'm confident that uh, myself and you are going to be riding in with him in the clouds and then coming down with him in his thousand year reign and then to go into all of eternity with him. But even if it doesn't happen in our lifetime, it's going to happen. But I just get that sense in my bones, and I think you do too, that it is coming. And, you know, it's funny, a little bit of a confessional for a moment. When I first got saved, there were some things in my life and my flesh that I just was not willing to give up. And that holds true even to today. I love the song, I Give You All. Uh, but and, and when I've sang that song and praised the Lord, I've meant it. Uh, but I tend to take things back sometimes. Um, we <laughs> A dog returns to its vomit, I guess, is the, uh, the words that describe things best. But it's amazing how far we have come in Jesus and the things that he has done in our lives. None of us are perfect yet, but it will come. And today, as we go through the book of Ephesians, we're uh, we're going to finish chapter four today. That is my promise to you. Uh, we will definitely finish Ephesians. Uh, just give me one second. I have to change a setting on my computer. 
All right. Now I can actually see the word. And, you know, there's a, a lot of big name pastors that take a lot of flack. And I'm, I assure you, I probably share in some of that uh, criticism of the messages they speak. But, you know, when I think of a, a Joel Olstein or even a, a Joyce Meyer, and I haven't listened to Joel Olstein much, but I have spent many, many hours listening to uh, someone like uh, Joyce Meyer. And I've received a lot of good stuff because I, I pick on those two uh, just because they're more like life coaches in many ways. And, you know, there's always a good message and being positive and stuff like that. And, and that's actually good stuff. You can receive blessing from that. Um, where the criticism comes from is perhaps they don't, uh, well, I think doctrinally they're off. Uh, perhaps some of that will come out in our mass uh, <laughs> deception series. But it's not as word-based. And in this chapter, we're actually seeing what God says is instruction for our lives. So if you want a real good life coach, well, perhaps let's look to Jesus who exemplified the perfect life here on earth. He never sinned. He proved it was possible. At least it was possible for him. And he wouldn't have done it unless we could come at least close to that mark. Uh, you're not God. I'm not God. We never will be. Uh, but we are made in his image and he did come in a flesh suit. So we could do things, but in this chapter and what we're going to focus on today is the new you. And this is God's instruction for our walk with him. And what you're going to find is all of the things that he mentions in this chapter really are to set you free. They're not rules. And, you know, the world wants to position everything as the Bible is just a rule book and you'll fall short of the standard. And we all fall short, folks. But, you know, like forgiveness, if you hold a grudge, it hurts you. The other person doesn't feel it. It just hurts you. And, you know, there's that old saying, forgiveness is for you. When you forgive someone, you're the one who gets the benefit. And uh, please say something in chat, but has your mother ever told you once in your life, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all? Well, our mothers were very wise, and that's biblical counsel. And I think you're going to see a reference to that in this chapter as well. So we're going to focus on the uh, the very end of the chapter. But as always, I just want to read the entire chapter to you in context um, we learn through repetition and, you know, I don't mind reading this chapter over and over again. And I hope, uh, that you don't mind hearing God's word and reinforcing it in your life as well. Uh, Lord bless the reading of your word. Ephesians chapter four. Therefore, I, 
This is Paul speaking. The prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in the hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism one God and Father of all who is in all and through all in all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive to the captives. He gave gifts to the people. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness in deceit, scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ from whom the whole body be lifted or be fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of the individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So I say this and affirm in the Lord that you are to no longer walk just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart, and they, having become callous, have given themselves up to every indecent behavior for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth in Jesus, that in reference 
to your former way of life. You are to rid yourselves of the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the less of deceit. And that you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on new self, which is in the likeness of God and has been created in righteousness and holiness and in the truth. Therefore, ridding yourselves of falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, because we are parts of one another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. The one who steals must no longer steal, but rather he must labor, producing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with the one who has need. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. But if there is any good word for edification, according to the need of the moment, say that. So that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All bitterness, wrath, Anger, clamor, and slander must be removed from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Amen. So, uh, <laughs> Make a comment in the uh, in the chat if you think God is a good life coach. <laughs> it almost sounds like Proverbs when I'm reading this. It, it really does because it just there's such wisdom in God's word and Paul's uh, epistle here that is really great instruction for our lives. So the good thing is today is going to be fairly light. <laughs> Uh, it's mainly good news, but as I was just reading this, I think I might have one or two controversial things to say. Lord, I pray it's not from my flesh. I pray your wisdom as we go through this. So picking up in, <laughs> yes, thank you, Donna. Absolutely. He is the best life coach. Um, therefore, ridding yourselves of falsehood. Just that alone. How many things have we held on to that are false? How many things? How about your fears? We're called not to fear. <laughs> Why would we be afraid? If death has no sting, why would we be afraid of death? Now, I think all of us would share 
a healthy fear of dying a horrible death, that's okay. I, I don't like pain just like you don't. But can we not also just trust in God? There's so many falsehoods that have been in our lives, and we've just taken other people's word for things and haven't gone and sought out the scriptures. You know, in this Mass Deception series, I'm going to be covering a lot of those. And some of the things, again, that have happened on this show, on Right On Radio, that sounded good. I took someone else's word for it. I wasn't the Berean. And we're going to find a lot of those trappings as we start to uncover doctrine. And yeah, you're going to know who said these things. Uh, numerous people. Um, and a lot of the time, myself in agreement. Uh, but we're also going to know where it comes from. And if you listen to the uh, last one that I did on uh, some of Alice Bailey's stuff and even Aleister Crowley, that their stuff, their material has snuck into the modern day gospel. And we are to loose those things from us. In fact, Father God, I just pray... Lord, anything that is new age, anything that does not come from your word, does not align with your word, that is in our minds, Lord, that we are able to rid ourselves of those falsehoods, even if we've thought it for decades, Lord, even if we've repeated it a thousand times, there's forgiveness, Lord, and I pray that we rid, that you first expose those things to us, Lord, Shine your light into our very souls and expose those things that are not of you, that we may get rid of these falsehoods. Speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. This is so important. As disciples in the way, and if you're a born-again Christian, you are a disciple in the way, we must stop speaking untruths to our neighbor. And here I might ruffle some feathers. You know, in this community, we are kind of in the intel business. You'll notice I'm getting further and further away from the intel, and that's been purposeful. I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Um, I like decoding things. I like trying to get a picture of where we are. I like to see if prophecy is being fulfilled. I like to see if there's hope for us in the end, that there's going to be justice in the world. There's a lot of things I like about the intel, and so I'm going to continue on with the intel, but when you're witnessing to a friend, do you, and I'm just going to use an example, say that this person or that person has been get mode. There's no real evidence of it. Do we share intel that we think is true? It sounds right. There seems to be some truth in it, but we're not 100% sure. We have not made the actual connections 
well, you could be spreading mistruths. And if you are, are you being a good witness to that person? Because you being a disciple in the way, or I being a disciple in the way, if we spread untruths with our neighbor, and, and I'm not talking about just reposting something, reposting something, look, in the community, I think that's okay. Everyone can have discernment. Everyone can dig on it. Everyone can discover what is the truth on our own. I'm not against that. I don't think God is either. God wants us to look up things. and He wants us to compare it to his word. And the more that you look up things and the more that you dig into your, his word, the better you are going to be as part of the body. So we have to be very careful particularly with our unsaved friends, to not spread untruths. Uh, amen. I got to put Watching Wall's comment up. Speak the truth in love. And Watching Wall has been going on about love for uh, a few weeks now, and she is so right. Um, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this on air. I think I did. But it was about a month or so ago, and watching while uh, Beulah was praying really hard for this next generation, and part of it was from, you know, uh, spurred on by Ophira, bringing her family on and her kids, reading the gospel on our singing poor prayer celebration. But man, I'm looking at this uh, Asbury revival that's going on. I've been watching it, and uh, Beulah, perhaps your prayers were received. I'm going to suggest they were, and I know we're not the only ones praying for it, but hallelujah, we're all part of the body. And that is the next part of this sentence. So speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, because we are parts of one another. Now, this has the inference that it's really talking about within the body but I still maintain the statement I said about your unsaved neighbor. But if we are not speaking the truth with one another in the body, then there's a fraction because we are the body. You know, I think of uh, someone who has a disability or something like that. And let's say that their uh, spinal cord is communicating a false message to their mind and their body is out of wax, out of whack because of that. The body is sick because of it. And if we are all parts of the body and Jesus is the head, do we really want to send that misinformation and throw the body off kilter, make it not upright, bending over in pain? Just some thoughts. Verse 26. Be angry and yet do not sin. <clears throat> it says to be angry. <laughs> Jesus got angry. He flipped the tables, but he did not sin. The difference is a lot of the time with us, because we have sin, we get angry and then we sin. We can have grudges held against someone. That's a sin. 
we can react negatively. Look, I used to punch people. <laughs> like, that's not good. You, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, it's amazing. And I and I when I read this, I just think of what God has done in my life, and I know he has in yours as well. As I was studying earlier this morning, I was reminded of a time, uh, this is probably about 12 years ago. I know it was shortly after being married and, you know, my daughter was still living at home and Christmas was kind of a big thing. And, you know, uh, dad is last minute shopper, dad and husband, you know, probably a couple of days before Christmas, I go out and hit the mall and the parking lot's completely jammed. And, you know, I'm driving around 20 minutes, maybe a half an hour waiting to get a parking spot. And then finally you get that, uh, that one spot that some you see someone going to their car, so you stop. And I put on my signal, and the car backs out, and he backs out towards my vehicle, kind of blocking me. And then someone else pulled in to that spot that I was waiting for. Oh, I got angry. Now, thankfully, I didn't do anything bad, <laughs> but I was overwhelmed with anger. And I got out of my truck, I walked over to that car and stood next to the window. This person did not roll down their window. He looked up at me, saw me huffing and puffing, threw his car in reverse and backed out and I got the spot. I got it out of intimidation. I was, and you know what? I was not at rest at all shopping. And then I got to the lines and I got more aggravated and more aggravated. I suffered because of my lack of patience, my lack of generosity. That person might've been driving around for an hour and purposefully did it out of their own frustration. Maybe someone had done it to them three times. I don't know their story. So, I could have been angry and not sinned. I could have just said, Lord, that really pissed me off. <laughs> and and yeah, you can talk to him like that because he already knows your thoughts. Can you help me out, Lord? Can you get me a parking spot here? How much better would I have been? And that's just a simple situation. We've all gone through them. And then it goes on to say, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Don't hold a grudge. Don't let that into yourself. It's okay to be angry. It's okay. We're not rescued from that. The Bible's clear right here. It said, be angry, but do not sin. So there is a righteous anger, but do not sin. Do not take that upon ourselves. This is good advice from the Lord. And do not give the devil an opportunity. If we're harboring that negative stuff 
for harboring that, if we're turning it into a grudge. And by the way, um, you're probably just like me. If you're harboring a grudge, you're, you know, one of the first things you'll do in your mind is start plotting your revenge. Next time I see this person, I'm going to say this and it's going to hurt them. Yikes! Do you want to be that person? Take it away from me, Lord. Don't let the devil have an opportunity into your life and for him to justify, whisper in your ear, oh, that wasn't fair. You're right. That person's wrong. You can do this. You can do that. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Verse 28. The one who steals must no longer steal, but rather he must labor producing with his own hands what is good so that he will have something to share with the one who has need. All right, I'm probably going to get in a little bit of trouble here. But something that has always bothered me, and it's something that I've never done. I've been down and out, folks. I, I've lost everything like twice in my life. Went from hero to zero. And I have never gone on like a social assistance type of thing. And I'm for social assistance. I just want you to know that if you have a legitimate need for it, it's there and I want to give to you. Now, I wish it came, went through the churches and did not come from the government. I don't think it's the government's role to do that. I think it's the church's role. I want to be clear on that. But if someone just takes that money and they are actually able to work. And maybe someone's using it as a stopgap because they can't get work at a time. That's okay. That's what it's there for. But someone who just goes on to these things for an extended period of time, you're actually stealing from your neighbor because of your lazy, it's selfishness. I know none of us steal. So that's why I wanted to bring up that because it's something that, you know, maybe we know someone, someone close to us, or maybe you yourself have taken advantage of these things and we can justify things in our minds, but I don't think it's just, and only the Lord can justify us. So compare situations to the word of the Lord, be the Berean. But he must rather labor, producing with his own hands what is good. Work is a holy and everlasting calling. And this is also speaking to me. I, uh, you know, I trust in the Lord for my provision. And I work hard at this podcast. I think most of you would think that. But you know what? I trust in the Lord, but I don't do enough labor. <laughs> I need to actually get better at doing commercials that are not manipulative or anything like that, just information 
so that I can earn a better living so I can give more. Um, I have always in the past been very generous because I was provided for generously. And it hurts me now that uh, I'm not able to give as I have in the past. And I think that's okay. It's a season, but these words are speaking to me and I need to work on my provision a little bit more. I can trust God, but I actually have to labor with my own hands as well. So more commercials coming at you, folks. <laughs> um, and that way I can do more giving, which was really my motivation. Um, I don't plan on getting rich through a podcast. The Lord has provided for me well and given me knowledge. I can do real estate. I can do all kinds of things. I just I need to concentrate on them and I can do well. Verse 29, let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Remember your mother saying, <laughs> if you have nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. Wow. That's a tough one, folks. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Uh, Lord, help me. <laughs> That's all I got to say. But if there is any good word for edification according to the need of the moment, say that so that it will give grace to those who hear. You know, within our community, I've mentioned this once before, but I really do pray, and I need to pray more steadfastly on this, that we will give words of encouragement to each other from the word of God. Lift our lift up. We don't need to debate everything. Someone put something in their head, just give them a word of encouragement. We don't have to answer. We don't have to argue with someone, even if they get it wrong. We don't have to. You know... <laughs> I remember, and I, I just responded to someone an email this morning who uh, gave me a question about uh, pot. And I smoked pot till I was 30, from about 15 years old till about 30 years old. And uh, I got saved around, well, actually, I got saved right at 30 years old, so... Uh, but I smoked pot for probably about six, first six months of being a brand new Christian. And look, I'm really good at debating, especially if I'm prepared. I can put together strong arguments. I can box people in. I have some natural giftings in those areas. And my pastor, Walt, at the time, was a really good man of God. I wanted to convince him that pot was good. You know, God created it, all this sort of stuff. I actually prepared for a few days and I thought of every argument he could give against it. I didn't know the Bible that well at the time, but every argument that he could give against pot. And I was going to win the debate with Walt on pot and convince him that smoking pot was good for Christians. <laughs> so the opportunity finally arose and 
I started the debate with Walt. And he, being filled with the Holy Spirit, shut me down with one sentence. I had no comeback and I had to walk away tail firmly <laughs> tucked down between me. It, it was almost humiliating the defeat that I got because the Holy Spirit is great. And you know the words he said to me? He said, you know, Jeff, as you get closer to Jesus, these things won't matter so much to you. <laughs> I had nothing. Yeah, I think God's pretty smart. And was that a word of encouragement? It was. Get closer to Jesus. I won't spend three days worrying about arguing about pot. What a useless waste of my time. <sighs> and it really did lift me up and it built my faith up. Um, God is so good. But I love this, uh, a good word for edification according to the need of the moment. So if you see someone who's been, is in confusion about something, we don't need to correct them necessarily. Just give them a word of encouragement. You know, as you get closer to Jesus, these things will not matter so much to you. It applies to lots of situations, doesn't it? No, I'm pre-trib, man. You're wrong. I'm mid-trib. I'm post-trib. Really? As you get closer to Jesus, these things won't matter so much to you. This person is a prophet. A lot of their prophecies have come true, but I think they're a false prophet. You know, as you get closer to Jesus, these things won't matter so much to you. Okay, here's the uh, here's the line I need your help with, and and I realize there's probably about a ten second, maybe fifteen second delay uh, in the streaming, so <laughs> it might take a couple minutes for your chat comments to show up. But verse thirty, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Now, grieving the Holy Spirit is one of the two sins that I found in the Bible that uh, are, <laughs> are you could lose your salvation from. So this is troubling to me in context of this chapter because if I say an unwholesome word, am I grieving the Holy Spirit? According to this, I am. Now, I don't think I'm going to, I don't hear anything I'm not saying. I don't think I'm losing my salvation because I said an unwholesome word. Our God is full of grace. <laughs> uh, Misty River, love you. 
uh, pot smokers are some of the best arguers. Yeah, because they have time to think about it. <laughs> they just sit there and veg on it. <laughs> what do you think verse 30 means in context of this chapter? I don't have a really good answer uh, for this. But what I do have is that this, to me, proves the Holy Spirit is a person. You know, some people have said that the Holy Spirit is like the force of God. It's an energy of God and stuff like that. And I'm seeing this because I'm going studying this, all this new age stuff. And some of the preachers who even preach a, a trinity, but they take away the... Uh, they take away that Jesus was God when he came here. He didn't become God until he was baptized. That's what some of the new age stuff is saying. It takes away the deity of God and it reduces the Holy spirit to an energy and an energy is not going to be grieved. Right. Um, you know, the wind is an energy, uh, the waves in the ocean are energy. You're not going to grieve a wave, you know? So the one thing I get out of this is the Holy Spirit is fully God. And he lives in you. And would we, we don't want to grieve God. And I, and I guess just looking at it in context of this chapter, you know, if we were to steal, if we were to get angry and, and go and punch someone or, you know, take it out on our loved ones, which is what most of us do. You know, someone gives us a very, really hard time in our lives, you know, maybe at work or whatever. It's kind of our nature to go back and take it out on your spouse or someone who cares deeply about you. And I think that grieves the Holy Spirit. All right. Any comments on the grieving of the Holy Spirit? Maybe there's some great insight that I don't have. <laughs> if you could do it, give me a word that will lift me up because I'm struggling with this one. Uh, it's actually scary to me that it's in this chapter. I'm just telling you the truth. I guess it's a healthy fear of the Lord. But do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I love that. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of our redemption. And in a twinkling of an eye, we will be transformed into a new body, completely healthy, everlasting, and, you know, just a thought on this, I, my mind wanders and I'm in awe of God, but, you know, his kingdom is coming down to earth, right? He's he's manufacturing his kingdom off-site. It's a prefab. And he's going to bring this huge kingdom, 1,500 miles square and high, to sit it on earth. But it's on earth. So if we have these new bodies, right, incorruptible, can't die, does that mean that we can swim to the bottom of the ocean? 
can't drown. You want to go check out that trench? What's it called? Mariana's Trench. I do. <laughs> I'm not getting in a sub to go down that deep. I don't trust man. But in a new body, hey, who wants to go for a swim? <laughs> Just saying. Uh, that's on our day of redemption. All bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander must be removed from you along with malice. We know the words of each one of those things, but, you know, just the word bitterness, that's such a terrible emotion. When someone walks into a room and they're filled with bitterness, man, it affects everybody. And if they're Christian, even worse. It's a hard one. We we go through all of these bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander. We've all done it. But it says it must be removed from you. You know, the burden isn't only on you to get rid of these things. It's to be in prayer and petition to the Lord. And when we catch ourselves being bitter or being filled with wrath, you know, as I said, we take it out. We tend to take it out on the ones we love, even if they're innocent. Well, Jesus is our innocent lamb. And I'm going to suggest to you that uh, you can take it out on him. He's strong. Get it out of your system and don't hurt the body. He will help you heal. Take it out on him and ask him to intervene. I'm going to make a serious effort to have this word come alive in myself to a much greater extent. And I, as I read through these things, I look at all the things the Lord has already done in my life. How he's taken most of these things away from me. Or at least the frequency in which they arise. And I'm going to suggest it's the same for you. And you should celebrate. Give him praise and worship today for what he's done in your life. And lastly, be kind to one another. Compassionate. Forgiving each other. Just as God in Christ has forgiven you. You've heard the expression, pay it forward. Well, I think there, this is biblical confirmation to pay it forward. He did it for you. Now do it for someone else. When you see someone in their struggle, maybe it's doctrinally, maybe they've fallen under deception. Instead of giving correction and being judgmental, which we tend to do. I'm there too, folks. Can we be more compassionate and forgiving? And just say, you know, as you get closer to Christ, these things will not matter so much. 
Yeah, I remember <laughs> uh, doing one of those self-evaluation things, you know, when you find out which animal you're like or which, what are your best traits in life and stuff like that. This is way before Christianity. I've all, I was really into being a better person and going into, you know, self-help type of things. And I'm, I'm much better from a lot of this stuff, you know. Uh, some of the things that guys like, you know, Tony Robbins have said, and I've talked about how they use certain things that in my opinion are unethical, but a lot of the message and a lot of the teachings are actually really good. Uh, they have to put good stuff in there. They have to get results to be successful. And so I did one of these things to find out where my strengths and weaknesses are. And I'll tell you the, um, uh, compassion was my weakest point. It was my very weakest point. And it's true. I had zero compassion before Christ. And if you know me now, uh, compassion has grown to be something that uh, is becoming a strength in my life. And that can only be a miracle of God's blessing and grace and working. He's working on you. Give him those things in your life. He can take it. He knows your thoughts already. So just be honest with the Lord. And when we see these things rearing up, in our lives, take it to the cross. Let it be buried with the rest of the sin that the Lord buried. And I suggest to you that if we do grieve the Holy Spirit, that's the remedy by bringing it to him, handing it over to God. God is able and he's willing, most of all. If you're willing to give it to him, he's willing to help you with it. And he knows how to do it, especially just for you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows how many hairs are on your head. Or for some of the men in the audience, he knows how many hairs are on your arms. <laughs> he, You don't. He is so good. Be encouraged, everyone. Now let me just put up a couple of these posts. They look really great. Uh, from Native Mum, the Holy Spirit has had me do some crazy things, but I listen because I don't immediately regret it. At one point, I was having a color to color Bible verses and leave them in certain places. Hallelujah that you were obedient to that. Amen. Oh, well, thank you so much, JT. Uh, it says, great testimony, Jeff. Look, I, I, I don't like to talk about myself. I really don't. Um, but I feel that if I become vulnerable to you, uh, there's an intimacy when you become vulnerable. Into me, see. And... 
I want to have a greater relationship with each one of you. And, you know, I, I appreciate that some of you share some of the things about your life with me. It really helps. I like to get to know people. I want to be compassionate about your situation. I want to be prayerful over your situation. Uh, you know, a lot of you write really, really long emails, and then you get a, a two-sentence response. Um, by the way, if you do write an email, and some people have picked up on this, and if it's a little bit long, use larger font for me, <laughs> please. Because even with a 32-inch monitor and glasses, I can't read some of the small print stuff. Um, but I do like hearing from you. But economy of words is always best. I don't need to know all the backstory. But if you want me to pray about something, look, my prayer is no more special than anyone else's in here. But I'm willing to pray for you. Um, write on Jeff at gmail.com. Any other comments? Did anyone reply to my grieving of the Holy Spirit? I don't see any. Okay, so you guys are as stumped as me on that. It's scary, isn't it? Anyways, uh, that's the end of Chapter 4. Next week, we'll move on to Chapter 5. And uh, Chapter 5 and Chapter 6 are just really encouraging and great instruction we're all going to be better for studying this book of Ephesians. And I thank the Lord that uh, he led me to uh, study this book with you. It's such a great, great book, uh, as they all are. But Jude was tough, I got to say. Jude was a tough one. Uh, it was edifying. It was great instruction. It was great warnings. But man, it was tough. And... Uh, this one is just a refreshing. It's like standing under a waterfall and, you know, just having the dirt from your life be washed away from you with the outpouring of God's word upon us. I feel that way when I read his word. Sometimes I literally feel like I'm being washed, like literally feel like I'm being washed. His word is alive. You know, so many people, especially the ones that go into the occult and stuff like that, they want to have a supernatural experience. Nobody can give you a better supernatural experience than God. Nobody. This Kundalini thing, people who pursue, pursue that, nah, pales in comparison to what God can do in your life. He owns it all. Oh, Misty River says there's some above. Let me go back. I'll go up a little bit further. Sorry, I'm not trying to drag this on, but if someone really has some great uh, wisdom on this grieving the Holy Spirit, I want to be sure to share it. Okay, well, I don't, I don't see them. It's it takes too long to just scroll, scroll through all the comments. But uh, thank you, everyone, for being here. And uh, and Misty River, I know I've mentioned you about three times already today, but Misty River has been uh, a mod on YouTube, you know, really since the beginning, and uh, has been so faithful and so professional. Uh, Val, you've, you have such a great relationship with 
the audience, everyone who joins on YouTube knows you and is thankful for you. And I know this is even early in the morning for you because of where you live. Um, I just pray that God really honors you. I know he has. And I'm thankful to all my admins and and moderators. And I know uh, Kimberly has come on as a moderator and has been really doing great. And, and the admins in uh, <laughs> in Telegram, it's a thankless job. I pray that the audience really appreciates how much they have to go through and how many decisions they have to make. And and I want the audience to know that my admins are not perfect, uh, as I'm not perfect, and you're not perfect. But admins make specific calls, and and they're people. Okay, sometimes they can be in a mood, <laughs> just like you. And sometimes they can react out of, you know, haste or whatever. But I want the audience to know, and everyone in the community, that the admins step up and they serve, and they serve diligently, and they're prayerful. They're all people who are good people in God who really trust and love the Lord. And I have their back, even when they're wrong. I will support them. So, just give give a give a moderator or an admin a thank you today. They serve. Uh, apparently, you know, the uh, the boss of Right On Radio is really cheap, and he doesn't pay well. <laughs> Um, they volunteer and they do it out of love for you, not for, not for love for me. Although I trust they do love me and I love them, but they really do it out of love for the Lord first and love for you. So reach out and give them a virtual hug today. Anyways, that's it today. I'll see you on Tuesday. I have a, uh, <laughs> show in mind uh, that might go against some of these words today, but uh, it would be for informational and demonstration teaching if I end up doing it, uh, although I might have a guest. Uh, I was just going to get away from the mass deception for uh, one episode uh, because I need a break from reading all this stuff. It's hard on me. Uh, also, uh, there's going to be a bonus show on Wednesday of this week. And I hope you'll all tune in. It'll most likely have to go on to Rumble and Podbean and all the rest and not YT. But one of your favorite people is coming back on. And that is Christy Tasker, whom you know uh, served alongside of me for quite a long time here on Right On Radio. And she is a woman of action, and she is doing some fantastic things. So Wednesday, she will be on the show. I've been trying to schedule her for a couple weeks now, but it just turns out to be Wednesday. So I hope you'll tune in for that. And uh, because of what she is doing, and it's geographically uh, right on radio, won't have as much impact because it's, you know, it's in Miami in particular, we got to get to as many people in Miami as possible. So I'm going to ask all of you to really, really share as much as possible. And maybe even we'll create a hashtag Miami or something like that 
uh, so it can have more reach and we can really help her out in her endeavors. So God bless each and every one of you. I'll see you on Tuesday, if not before in social media. But in the meantime, remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.